the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back the time, 612 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We are on the other side of the break. Time flies when you're enjoying yourself. Two lines are open. one 888 If you haven't been with us for a while, we are uh, positing the question uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. How important is it for you to be part of a local body in the physical, practical sense of being there, engaging, participating, encouraging, being taught, uh, and engaging in ministry uh, uh, versus uh, what is trending these days. A lot of people are staying home, uh, talking about being vital in their walk with God, loving God, and deeply um, committed to him, and yet uh, there's a major gap between their love for God and what God tells us to do. In terms of the fellowship, the physical, present, tangible engagement of the saints, Hebrews chapter 10, 25, and many other texts to boot that would suggest that our growth is really, truly only cultivated and confirmed by being in the presence of one another and working on uh, on our commitment vertically and horizontally together in order to become what is necessary to reach people uh, in the world for Christ. I, I couldn't imagine even being a percentage of the man that I am if it were not for uh, the local body of which I have been a part of since my conversion um, almost 40 years ago, uh, even though I did have some stints outside of the church where, you know, the church just didn't seem to be doing it for me. And that was largely when I was younger. And I'll, I'll give you an, I'll give you another pointer that I learned, too. I learned that what God had called me to do was to be part of a solution and not a problem, uh, that every community is, is a community both with talents, gifts, as well as needs, and that I really couldn't discover my calling or my gifting outside of the church, that if I was going to serve God honorably, he would only affirm that once I learned how to be part of his institution, submit to it. Uh, come up under sound, healthy, godly leadership in a way that would cultivate my own gifting and then qualify me to end up being uh, a minister to the body of Christ. And I am absolutely sure, and I've seen it with the with the men that I have trained and the women that I am presently training uh, for service in the kingdom of God, that it doesn't happen where we haven't done the uh, submission to the Lord through his practical leadership in order to be able to tell others to submit to the Lord and his practical leadership. If we haven't learned how to do it, we won't be good at telling other people to do it as well. But I am interested in your experience. Uh, where is it for you? On a scale of one to 10, how important is fellowship and worship and, and joining in him with the saints of God? Is it a two? Is it a four? Is it a 10? What is it for you? The number is one 367 one Let me go to line number one first and talk with Blaine and San Mateo. And Blaine, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you for your patience. Yes, sir. All right. What's your thoughts about our topic? First of all, praise the Lord to the Most High God. Um, I'm just delighted to um, that you will have me at this time. Mm. 
Um, I, I've heard you. My scale is a 10 plus. Okay. To be physically in the body of Christ, in the church, in the church that Jesus Christ built. Mm-hmm. But the problem today is, I, you know, me and my wife, we pastor, we've been in church, we've got the Holy Ghost, we've uh, been married in Church of God in Christ in San Francisco. Yeah. Feel the Holy Ghost there, amen. I've uh, been uh, keys to the church, count the money. Yeah. Um, whole nine yards. You know, excuse me? See, I said the whole nine yards. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the whole nine yards. I've been on boards. Uh, I've been, you know, I was a young man on the streets from Baby Hunters Point, San Francisco. Yeah. You know, athletic, athletic young man, played sports, played with Gary Payton, uh, tried to 49ers young. Um, being in leadership, you know, I was a point guard. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said I should have been a pro. You know, I got on drugs in the early days when my cousin was 12 years old. Yeah, I know I how it goes. I was 29. Yeah. You know, I street life, selling drugs, if you're in nature, running the streets. But God changed me. God delivered me out of that lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, one day I was in Church of God in Christ parking lot, and God came to me. Mm-hmm. Clearly his day. Mm-hmm. My wife was like, what's wrong? She could tell something was going on. Mm-hmm. And the spirit told me, Matthew 10, mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost straight. I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. So I go to Matthew 10. I begin to d- read. And then after nothing, this young man came to me one day and said, man, you got to tell a lot of people what God has given you. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just a little, you know, nobody in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and then the next day when I went to the Bible to, um, the Bible bookstore, this young man popped up. I said, okay, God, okay, all right. I didn't even know he was going to be there. Right. And he said, you're going to speak against the Jezebel spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know what that is. So I'm like, whatever. So time goes along. So God had spoke to me and told me that the apostles' doctrine today is being very disrespected. It's being very disrespected in churches. The leaders saying they're pastors, they're 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 um, uh, uh, bishops, mm-hmm. but they won't accept the apostles' doctrine when the apostles are your leader. I, and I was hearing what you said earlier about church hopping. You know, me and my wife been church hopping. Right. We had we been church hopping right. because I, I I I just I don't know the the spirit that's in me now. God have done, and if so many people come and want me to speak at their church. And, and this is that nature because people say, Blaine, you speak like Paul. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I said, we all are supposed to be, according to uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, mm-hmm. we all are supposed to be speaking the same thing. And pastor, people shoot me down. They, they, they rebuttal, but, I, you know, and my wife probably said a lot to me. And I know it's because they're not used to it. They're not used to the apostles' doctrine and it's frustrating. It's hard to find a church. Although I know God said he will never leave himself, leave, leave himself without a witness. Somebody going to stand up. Somebody going to cover mine. They're going to, some preacher somewhere going to stand up, or other preachers, and, and going to stand up for the word of God. They're compromise for money, not compromise for uh, what, what people, people want to, uh, want you like me, like, like Saul. You know, that spirit today is out here where I, I want you to like me. I'm going to just tell you what I want. No, and um, it's been hard for me and my wife, although we've been listening to Pastor Geno Jennings, but then again, here and there, I kind of, you know, I've been listening to other folks. I've been doing, you know, I teach on Facebook, and some people want to go to, I, uh, what's that, uh, Hometown Buffet, and they want to sell shit and hear the word. Um, 
But I had to excuse some brothers because they said they're apostles, and I said, well, wait a minute, brother. You can't be an apostle, brother, because you wasn't around the resurrection. And many other things. You don't have the, you don't have the signs of the apostles. You don't have the power of the right. apostles. You right. can't kill people, and right. you can't they, raise people right. from they, the dead. They, 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 don't say, they don't have to say, put hands on Peter. That's they would right. just walk by Peter and get healed. Right. That's right. Many things like that. Yeah, now, let me ask, now, I'm going to ask you a question because I agree with you on very many things that you're saying about the uh, corruptions and the departure from sound biblical apostolic teaching, particularly, a blame. This, uh, this problem is largely in your Kajic churches and particularly in your Word of Faith churches where they are purporting to be apostles and bishops and hoodwinking the people. A lot of that is going on. I I completely feel you, my brother. I really do. But I want to ask you the uh, earnest, honest, concrete question. You did say you believed in the church, you know, uh, 110%. Are you and your wife in a solid fellowship where you're sitting up under some leadership that can help hone your gifting so that you might be able to be out there and be used? Are you still wrong? Well, I, sir, pastor, I've been in churches where the preachers, they want to, uh, you know, they want me to speak and to teach and things of that nature. Because Blame. Blame. Huh? That's not yeah. my question, brother. What's your question? My question is, are you part of a local church where you're submitting to good leadership in order to be prepared and groomed by God to be able to go out and bless people? That's, that's, a, that's the point, pastor. I can't find... You got to tell me no first. No. Okay, don't waste my time. No. I I love you too much to let you be running around the bushes because I I know you're kind. You got a lot of zeal, a lot of passion. You probably are gifted, Blaine, but you got to find that place where God can hone you and discipline you and then qualify you to launch you because he's not launching Mavericks. Now, what can happen is, and this is what's going on a lot in our day, I'm glad you called me because I'm going to be praying for Blaine now. I love your story. I love where you came from because we came from a lot of the same places. I knew Gary. I knew his dad. I watched Gary grow up with all Jason Kidd and so many of the other young players and and I I got a little window of who you are now playing ball in San Francisco and you guys had a lot of potential and and I can see you being used of God but you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to hear carefully from God about where to sit down and where to actually be uh, to be taught in order for you to thrive in blessing other people, because you're not going to be able to reach your full potential in your calling of preaching, just standing on the outside of the church, talking to people that's mad about church, too, or getting into debates, because there's a ton of that going on out there, arguing and debating. You can do that online until hell freezes over. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to bless people. With sound expository preaching of the gospel of the word of God, the exaltation of Jesus Christ, because it's not about blame. It's about Jesus, not about blame. It's about Jesus. And if Jesus is going to use blame to expound and preach and make known his word, then blame is going to come up under sound leadership so that blame can be honed and gifted and then ultimately commissioned to go out and preach because no, none of God's servants run on their own. God always makes sure that there's somebody that's been able to help shape you and hone you for you to go. I see your gifting and you and I don't want you to waste no more time because you probably are in your forties now, right? No, I'm fifty two. I, I pastor, I did not I did not say that um I'm called to be a pastor. I did not say none of that. I'm I didn't say that I won't want to Well what, how do you know you not, man? How do you know you're not called a pastor? Excuse me? How do you know you're not called to pastor, man? No 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying what I'm called to be. Oh, okay. The only thing is is that 
I like you said, I want you have to be you have to submit. Yeah. But in order for me to submit, I have to make sure I agree that the pastor submits first. I, I agree. Sit about it, somebody that doesn't submit, right? I agree totally it's with you. I agree totally. I listen. Right, I, that's the only I, thing I'm saying. <laughs> we haven't we've been having a struggle in that area where he's not fully one of us committing himself. Right. My thing is, if you're saying you're a pastor, you're you're a pastor, you're a leader. Then and you're supposed to be speaking, teaching like Timothy. One hundred percent. You know, you're supposed to be teaching a preacher like Timothy. If you're not teaching a preacher like Timothy, that means you deviating from the apostles' doctrine, and I can't sit for that. I agree with That's you. Just- you know, you ain't you singing to the choir, brother. I'm sorry. You 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 got it. You you didn't sing to the choir. Now, listen. Excuse me. I got you. You and your wife are on your camel. You're looking for a place to land where 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 men and unfortunately women today too are trying to take Jesus' place and and the apostles' place. And that's not going to happen with discerning sheep. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. I give them eternal life. Another they will not follow. And you got that principle down. So y'all just stay on your camel until God places you where you can not be disappointed by men who want to actually take over our Lord's role and take over his apostles role because that's not happening in these days you and I know the foundation was laid once apostolic doctrine was established by qualified men now we build upon the doctrine of the apostles uh, the prophets and the Lord Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone the Lord bless you brother and please call me back again I got to take a hard break I've got two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine i will be right back and now back to lifeline all right we're back the time is five thirty on the monday edition of lifeline let me go to line number two and talk with sharon in fairfield sharon how are you hi i'm wonderful thank you for taking my call and thank you for your patience what's your question comment or observation well, I'm uh, phoning in for your question regarding uh, where I am with regard to the church, my mm-hmm. commitment, mm-hmm. and what do I think the value of attending churches. Right. And, uh, I'm a new believer, relatively new if I compare myself to your 40 years. I've been a believer uh, actually since college, but a true believer, as in coming to understand him when he breaks you to a million pieces and puts you back together again, mm-hmm. and puts you into a church. That's been 10 years. Wow, that's good. You 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 have a, you you qualify to talk about this. All right, wonderful. So, um I would say a 10. I I can only say that it's only by the grace of God that I'm even alive because when I was working in San Francisco, he made it clear to me that when I was working, I wasn't thinking of him. I wasn't even realizing that I was made for him, by him, through him, and mm-hmm. I only exist for him. Right. And uh, I was working in, in a part of the town where it was all the wealthy. Right. My, my Lord pointed to all the homeless around me. Right. And so once he broke my heart and saw, you know, what was in front of me, my life changed. He immediately put me into a body of Christ. Actually, the first thing he did, I was in a, a commuter a car, and he, he put me in a car by his grace in a, a car of believers. Wow. And I listened to Christianity all the way from Fairfield to San Francisco and all the way back. Amazing. And I, my heart was on fire for the Lord. And then um, they kept saying, asking me questions like, hey, have you ever been baptized? Nope. Get yourself in. Be baptized. So I found a church. God led me to a church. And when I was in church, he immediately led me to a Bible study group, which is international organization for any denomination. I've been going to that for 10 years. Right. And um, 
I can't tell you because within the body of Christ, when you attend a church, that's when you really know who you are in Christ to the regard that He shows you through other people's lives why you exist and how you can work together. You can't do that when you do when you're looking at a computer. He hear, lets you hear others' stories in life. They their witness of their life. You can't hear that through the the computer. He allows you to come alongside others and pray with them and feel the Spirit working through you and calling you into ministry. You can't do that through the computer. There's value in the computer, but it does not replace what the Almighty intended. We need to be in communion with one another. It's there where iron sharpens iron, where you hear and you experience the tangible. He made us to be in communion face-to-face, body-to-body. I agree. I I agree with that. I agree with that. There may be measures, I would say, if I'm thinking back um, towards um, towards Allison and her her observation and experience, I would say there are limited measures of fellowship that can be had via um, Internet. It depends on your personality. And you have to you would you would want to be affirm. You would want to affirm that because there are people that do a great job of um, of, of, of utilizing that that medium, because in many ways, that's all that is there. But when you're talking about that ultimate uh, three dimensional hands on sight, feel, touch, smell, uh, sense of fellowship that that John talked about in first John chapter one. Uh, and we 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 saw and we handled and we touched the word of life. He was talking about that physical contact with the Lord Jesus Christ that gave him and the other disciples who had become apostles a grander sense of the hypostases, the the mystery of God in Christ and the fellowship that Christ had with those men uh, was matchless. There was nothing that could match it. There there was nothing that could uh, take uh, the place of their actually seeing him with their eyes, touching him and filling him and understanding the dynamics of the revelation of the invisible God and the person of Christ. And Christ did promise, as I am affirming you, Sharon, that that's what God does with us when we are in community where two or three are gathered together in the authority of my name. Uh, I am present to bring about that kind of depth and reality of my person and presence in the life of the community. He means for us to have that sheepfold fellowship and sheep do not do well by themselves. Uh, amen to that. They do not do well. <laughs> now, let me ask it's you, so yeah. is there anything else you want to add to that? Because I love I love the passion that I'm hearing. Well, when I, the thing of it is, we don't truly, when we are around other believers and the Lord, you hear the pastor speaking to you through the, the sermon, or you hear it through a child in the church or somewhere, you know that God's calling to certain things, and you confirm that with prayer and over yep. time with the Word. Yep. But uh, once you get in that community, then you—sometimes I find, I question, is God really calling me to that? And then I always will usually just wait and pray and wait, and then I'll say, okay, Lord, it's clearly that. He'll lift me up higher in that church to do things I would never even think to do, meaning He'll put me out, He'll—, he'll teach me things, and then send me out on missions that I'll think, okay, Lord, I'm either going to lose my mind now or I'm going to stick this out. And for example, I've been holding for, and nothing against this, I, I, I know God called me this. I've been holding, I think, for about 25 minutes, you'll, you'll know. Uh-huh. But I know right now, normally I'd be out walking the road, but I'm like, Lord, there's a reason my heart was stirred listening to you talk about mm-hmm. the fellowship in the church and the mm-hmm. necessity of being communion, because I'm so passionate about that, and I'm also pained 
by the decay of church. Amen. That's another thing. I'm also pained that there are some who think they'll take a just a, what you call like a mirror view of things. It's not enough. Nope. You need you need to be immersed, and yep. you need to be immersed in Bible study because it was when God took me to the Word of God that He quickened my heart and it really fed me. He, you can't do that in any other way but you and the Bible, so it's all necessary. And I'll say I don't get that Bible study in my church. I get it in a organization that does a fourfold approach, and that's what put me in community with other women, too, who are believers. Mm-hmm. But it's all so necessary. But right. I'm really pained by the decay, and I'm also pained by, you know, it seems to be a generational thing, the way we worship, and the younger can't worship that way for some reason. And I, I they're all about the technology and doing it other ways. So, granted, God's going to use that, but I am pained by it. I really, truly am. Well, what I would say is that there's a lot of what you're saying that is spot on, um, Sharon. Um, you being a new believer, relatively speaking, 10 years, you still have a number of um, uh, experiences to to to, to uh, endure and to, to learn that will give you a little bit of a, a deeper appreciation for um, the preservational nature of God over his organic institution called the church with all of the diversity and ebbs and flows that go with seasonal fruitfulness and seasonal barrenness for the body of Christ. When you, if you hang in there for another 10 or 20 years, you'll know what I'm talking about. Cause I've been around for a long time. I love every aspect of the church, the good, bad, and the ugly. And what we do as believers, Sharon, is we hold intention, both the joy and the pain, both the burden and the blessing, both the uh, weakness and the strength, both the optimism and skepticism of what all that church is. We are in process. We are a work in process. We are not perfect. We are not um, idealistic. It's always uh, all kinds of uh, things that are needed, all kinds of deficits. And you probably have experienced a bit of the decline that I have seen for many years. So I know the decline that you're talking about. I want to encourage you to maintain uh, deep levels of optimism relative to um, to God's promise that um, he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail and, and therefore maintain a, a vital commitment to serving within the body of Christ as God gives you. And remember this, because I tell everyone this that understands why service is a calling uh, instead of simply a mere passion. Whenever God puts us on assignment, he's calling us to be counterintuitive. And once we learn how to be counterintuitive, then we can know that we can do what God is calling us to do, even if we're questioning our own abilities and skill sets to do it. That way he actually gets the glory in us, not just through us, because a lot of times he will use us to get things done. But if we're ignorant and we're proud, then it's going to be all about us and he won't get glory in us. He might get glory through us, but he won't get glory in us. And he needs to get glory in us as well as get glory through us. So maintain that kind of awkwardness when he puts you on assignment. Like (laughs) instead of walking, you had to call because there's somebody that needed to hear what you were saying. Because remember, at the end of the day, we're here to be a blessing to others uh, and not ourselves. So I actually really thank you for the call and uh, keep doing what you do, my sister. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I am so blessed. I did feel, I just 
so con- confirmed in my heart, there always is something more. And I know, and I love walking on the water. Painful as it sometimes is, I try to keep my eyes on Jesus because he's called me out of the boat. <laughs> and, and exactly. All of us. And he'll, he'll, he'll sustain you in the midst of that. And your, your sufferings for his honor and glory will be, uh, they will be repaid uh, to an infinite degree where it is incomparable. Bless you. And then call anytime you want to. Let me go to line number one and talk with my sister, Sally, on line number one. Sally, are you there? Hello. How are oh, you? This is a great subject. I think so. Uh, you, uh, I was told that you didn't have anybody over 80 yet, so that's why I called. I'm so glad because uh, were, did you hear me in my opening monologue around the topic? Well, I just the very beginning, we eat about 5.15, so I missed that part of so it. Now, so what I had said was, which is make, which, what makes your call so really, uh, so apropos. So when, when I opened up, I kind of talked about the spectrum of people's uh, prioritizing fellowship and worship with the people of God in the context of actually being in church and doing church together versus the uh, ephemeral world and surreal world of Internet and and other technologies that allow us to communicate, but not at the level of intimacy and challenge that Sharon just talked about and others who have called with the struggle of wanting to be part of communities. And uh, I said, uh, hopefully I'll have the range of callers from baby boomers, which I am, to to Gen Xers and uh, millennials and uh, Gen 1, 2, and 3s. And we've had all that so far. So you are fulfilling my expectation by calling to give us the other side of the equation because I know you. You've been around long enough for us to be able to talk about church um, in a substantial way. So tell me, uh, what is your assessment of what we're talking about? Well, Absolutely, a 10, although mm-hmm. probably the 10 years of our married life, we uh-huh. were uh, church church hunting because we weren't terribly happy, or our home church was 30 miles away, and we had babies, yep. and we had uh, kids that could not go to uh, nursery school because of ear infections and all that kind of stuff. But, I remember those days. Uh, but... but um, so so I would say like 90% because if you're floating around, by the time you're through, you know absolutely that you've got to be back in the body of Christ. And I've got, I want to tell you, there's nothing greater than to have parents who have accepted Christ as their Savior yep. before you come along. Yep. There is nothing like a, a family where the Bible is important and uh, the people in it are learning to live as Jesus would like us to live. There is nothing like being in a in a um, a, uh, a believing primary home. primary group where you hear missionaries or you hear missionary stories, yep. and you learn to sing and you learn a Bible verse. There yep. is nothing like junior high school. Uh, uh, where you are uh, becoming a communicant, yep. and you learn passages of Scripture. And I'm going to break off a little bit here, because one of those Scriptures was uh, Psalm 1. Uh, wait a minute, now I got ahead of myself. No, Proverbs uh, Proverbs 3. Yeah. Proverbs, Proverbs 1. Uh, uh, anyway... God wants us to know knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And that's Proverbs 1. You got it. 
It's, okay. it's, it's, the, it's the Proverbs of Solomon unto his son uh, that the young man, which is the young person, might learn knowledge, wisdom, and discretion, that they might be able to avoid the temptation of those who come along saying, cast your, cast your purse with us. Let, us. let us go out and do evil that we might profit from it, that the young man might learn discernment, might understand wisdom, might understand the proverb of a thing. That is what you learned, Sally, back in the day, how to say no to evil and yes to God. That's what young people have to learn. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Just the other day, one of your contemporaries on radio Mm -hmm. mentioned that that it is God's knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And I thought, oh, because the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, I was always kind of confused. I Mm -hmm. knew that God had something to do with it. Right. But, But we have... We have lots of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in our in our life. Right. Lots of manly knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and Agreed. it always gets us into trouble. Agreed. But when you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit guides you, you are getting God's view of true knowledge, true wisdom, and understanding. And I just got that Saturday. So. You know, <laughs> see, we're learning. <laughs> absolutely. Listen, I got to take a hard break to pay some bills, but I'm glad you called and put a bow on this reality. Two things. Uh, church is important. And we're always, 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 always learning. Thank you, Sally. We'll talk to you soon. I'll be right back. Uh, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. You hold on. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back to time 551, the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number three and talk with Misty. If Misty is there, Misty, are you there? Hey, hey, Jesse. What's happening? You sound low, girl. What's going on with you? <laughs> no, I'm just cleaning like a banshee. Okay. Okay. That was, like a, a half, that was a half a second rest. Where, what you been um, up to? What have you been up to? Uh, just all kinds of, you know, front line stuff, saving animals, being in the vet and three in the morning and. Um, ministering to some souls that are really, 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 really <laughs> atheistic, uh, oh. stuff like that. Oh, our atheist friends. Yeah. Oh, man. Are yeah. you loving on Are you yeah. loving on our atheist friends, Misty? You, you try to love on them, yeah, but they're, they're kind of outlandish, so it gets a little rough. Male or female? But, uh, hey, hey, I wanted to speak into, um, earlier you had a call, I, uh, I think it was Blaine. And um, I wanted female, to speak was it a female? I, I was a man. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the, the oh yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I think it was plain. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to speak to my spiritual, like Holy Spirit senses. I believe all of us who are on the narrow path and who have the true Holy Spirit of Christ, I believe we are the church. So God has us in different settings and different times, and sometimes He moves us into other places. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to speak into what His life, just a, a sense that mm-hmm. may help Him with some form of confirmation. Mm-hmm. I feel like He already has a church and a mission that God is calling Him forward to, uh, to be a leader, and I don't think, in, in a lot of senses, I mean, we may have different opinions on this, but you can't just go sit in a church under that situation. A lot of times it's a, man, a man-made situation, if God is calling you and speaking into you, He already has a ministry. He has a wife. He's got where two or more are gathered. So He already has someone that He can go forward in that, and they can just start going forward in, like, prayer groups or start a Bible study, and that can form into a church. 
because God is pushing people to the front lines a lot faster than uh, the time is, 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 uh, is, you know, the need is great and the time is short. And so things are happening in a different kind of time frame, I would say, than they used to be. So somebody can go out and, and follow their mission that the Lord is speaking to them. That is, I think, who we have to take our direction from, because sometimes he tells us things that are so weird, nobody else is going to understand it. And God's timing is so bizarre that, you know, things don't even look like what they look like at times. Now, and those are except- the- that's an exception to the rule, and I agree with it. I think that there will be um, people whom God will raise up that have the ability they're going to actually be rubbed off by and impacted by uh, good institutional uh, elements, and then they will be able to develop and spur and start something. I agree with you. Uh, prayer in the home, Bible study in the home, things like that. And if God's quickening them and their gift, he will He will draw legitimate, uh, earnest, and sincere and discerning believers into that community with them. I agree with you 100%. But I do think that in his case— with blame uh he 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 can he can learn some things about about how to actually be a, a more uh proprietor uh speaker but he he doesn't even seem like he want to go that right well, even when i even when i hinted at it he was like man i ain't trying to be a pastor so i don't know right yeah i mean somebody has to have you have to know what your call is whether it's evangelism or to be true, a pastor or to go, to go to school or, or to whatever true and sometimes it's a bit confused you can't always discern what's going on but when when it's laid on you i mean it's just it's so relentless <laughs> it's so relentless that even when you try to get out of it or you don't want to hear it you still hear it i agree so, i mean that's that's what's uh, what's overwhelming, and sometimes you know you, you feel like you don't have a, a you, there's not a spot where where you're going to sit. Well, then you know what you just got to go to the next soul that's in front of you, and you got to realize that each one of us really all we can do at this point. What I realize we're only going to reach these souls, or God's going to reach these souls through a catastrophe or whatever He's going to whatever measure mm-hmm. He uses in that person's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, I do. Time is short. Like, for example, when I was dealing with uh, oh, this atheist, I mean, it, 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 was just, it was just like an endless debate. Uh-huh. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I just can't, this is too much stress. I've been dealing with that for 40 years. It's not like a new debate to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same old debate with sure. the same old talking points, with sure. the same old atheistic views. Sure. And I said, look, let me, just, let me just pray over you. I know you don't really want to hear about this or whatever. He let me pray on him, uh-huh. and, you know, I just left it at that. Let, let God speak into him another time. That's right. That's not a bad thing, girl. That's not a bad thing. You know that you're not called to strive with men. The Bible's clear that we're not to strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, if peradventure God would deliver them from the snare of the devil by them being taken by him at their own will. After a while, when we are going around in circles, the best thing we can do, if they will let us, is pray for them and then release them to God and uh, go uh, lick your wounds, (laughs) get some water, and get back out there and, and reach people. That's all. Right. Well, you know, and then, and, you know, this is my old phone text, but the church and the stuff like that, I mean, the woman who just called is real excited, and I think that's great. It works for her, all the different uh, things that she's going to. But you can get, some people, can, I think, get so stuck inside that system, if you get what I'm saying. Like, I, the, the Holy Spirit, basically, has kind of been my teacher. I mean, I listen to sermons probably 10, 10 a day, 
And that really girds you up really quick because you're hearing from not only one pastor, but you're hearing from a lot of different men of God. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Spirit confirms each hour. You mm-hmm. know, what you heard the hour before, then mm-hmm. you get the next confirmation in the next message. Then you go to the store, and then you get a next confirmation about the other thing that God's trying to do. But exactly where to put you and where to place you in this life, sometimes it, it isn't very clear. And so, you know what? You just have to say, well, I, I'm just going to have to reach the pool that's in front of me, uh, because if I can even get one person to come to the cross in this day and age, that would be wonderful. Well, 90% you know? 90% of what you said I'm agreeing with, but because I know the word enough to know that I can tell you that you need to be sitting under a local fellowship uh, just out of subjection to your master because uh, on any given day, remember, it's not about you. It's not about you, and you need to be fed into two. And it doesn't mean that you don't keep doing what you're doing. That, you got to do what you're doing. We come and we feed, and then we go and we serve. It's not that you don't continue doing what, what Misty does. I, I would never tell you to just go sit somewhere, but I will tell you that you do need to sit because you need to breathe. You need to exhale. You need to rub up uh, against people that um, that can join you in that moment of what we call corporate worship. Get you a place where the preaching is sound. Get you a gulp of water. You hug somebody. You pray for somebody. Tell them to pray for you. And then you disappear uh, in the night like we do if we're if we're part of uh, uh, the heroes of faith. And then we, we come back up again at the end of the week for some more uh, fresh air before we disappear again into the work. That's That would be my prescription for Misty. Yeah, and, and uh, I agree that that is uh, a positive thing, but I think the Church needs to do some changing up. <laughs> and I, when it changes up, not the Word of God, not, not the Scripture, not, not the Word. I got you. I, you know, no, you know I, what? I, I got you. I, 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 I mean, when, when it, when, let me just say this one last thing. When the Church I got it. You see, it's going down. It's going down. It's going to be able to harvest people right now. Thank you. Bless you. Got to let it go. (laughs) Y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you. We pray for one another, and we'll see you next week. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.